You Can Mentor is a podcast about the power of building relationships with kids from hard places in the name of Jesus. Every episode will help you overcome common mentoring obstacles and give you the confidence you need to invest in the lives of others. You Can Mentor. Hey mentors, just a reminder about the You Can Mentor book. It's titled You Can Mentor, How to Impact Your Community, Fulfill the Great Commission and Break Generational Curses. The whole point of this book is to equip and encourage mentors with new tools and ideas on how to make the most of their mentor-mentee relationship. If you're a mentor, hey, go pick it up. And if you're a mentoring organization, pick some up for all of your mentors. If you would like to order mass copies, like more than 20, Send an email to me, Zach at youcanmentor.com, and we will get you guys a special price. But go and pick up that book. It's good. You can mentor. Hi, Zach. Is there not going to be a boy howdy? <laughs> Decided against that one. Why? I don't know. I just felt like it was good for the time. But you know what? There's something in scripture about new wine and new wine skins. And, and brother, I just don't want to pour that old, that, that new wine and that old. You're right up. You're putting mm, boy howdy and scripture in the same, in the same pot. And I'm, you're going to stir that around. I'm really sorry to do that. Welcome to You Can Mentor. This is Zach and I'm with John. I'm so excited to talk about I, what we're going to talk about today. I can tell. For sure. I'm sitting on the, I'm literally sitting on the edge of my seat. You are. Yep. And you're just <laughs> reclining back there in that wing back chair. Wow. I just want to paint a picture of where we're at. We're sitting in John's workshop, recording a podcast with a fake fire that is a space heater, drinking delicious coffee that it's John coffee. made. The coffee's good though, right? And today we're going to talk about one of John's favorite topics, writing, mm -hmm. writing a book. Before we get started, I know that whenever I just said that, today we're going to talk about writing a book. Y'all are like, oh, geez, I'm mm -hmm. going to go listen to some other podcast. Yeah, tune out. But don't tune out. It's for you. This is for everyone. John, why is this for everyone? This is for everyone, Zach, because I believe, I believe that everybody has a book in them. I think that everybody has the potential and really needs to consider make, writing a resource, whether it's by themselves or maybe with a team or a partner. Like I'm always trying to get you and I to write a book. Like we have yet to write a book together, but it's going to happen. And I'm so excited about that. That kind of felt like a dig. No, 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 not at all. It's a matter of timing. And I know that we haven't just found the timing yet, but... We haven't even talked about it. It's going to be... When this I, is, when I this grab is the my, first I'm hearing of this. When I grab my book and I put it on top of, of your book right here. You're trying to make a book baby. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> okay. So, John just finished his book. I wrote a book a couple years ago. You can find both on Amazon. And I agree with John. You have something inside of you that the Lord has put specifically inside of you, not anyone else, that you can share to advance his kingdom. It might be a 500-page chapter book. It might be a little 35-page little booklet. It might be a podcast. It might be something. But your experiences, your stories, your background, your, the things that you focus in on, if you share those in the name of Jesus, even if it only helps one person, you never know what that one person's going to do. So today we're going to talk about the right stuff. Right, W-R-I-T-E. Yeah, man. 
you're you're really excited I'm about so, that. That made me smile just by you saying the title of, of today's episode. I'm very easily entertained, but yeah, I think that's pretty cool. All right. So today we're going to talk about the roadblocks in writing a book or a resource. We are, we will say writing a book, but just know that when we say that it's just talking about any kind of creative resource. Yeah. We're going to talk about roadblocks. We're going to talk about building up the confidence to create. We're going to talk about the process in which we create. And then we're going to talk about some people who can help us out in taking your creative ideas and turning them into something. Absolutely. And listener, this is what I would challenge you to do. I just want you to kind of think about, just as Zach mentioned, in terms of, you know, what resource are we talking about? This could be everything from, as an individual mentor, you're meeting with a mentee and you, as you're kind of living life together, you're realizing, you know what? This student needs to really spend some time on this chapter of the Bible. Or I find myself talking about this topic with my kids so often. I probably just need to come up with a little devotional that maybe this kid could use for over a five-day span. Or maybe you're kind of thinking that, again, with their spiritual development, it would be great to give them something that they could just spend some time in Scripture each day. It could be something like that all the way into some huge series that your organization needs to put out that would be a comprehensive look at some, some kind of thing that would help other mentoring organizations as well. So this is the vein that we're coming at you with to say, if you've never even considered it, hopefully by the end of this podcast, you'll say, you know what? maybe I should start thinking about this, or maybe I should pray about this, because it is a worthy endeavor. And that's why, like many things in life, the hardest things are the things worth doing. So this is why we're going to kick it off talking about some of the roadblocks. Should we talk maybe specifically about some of the roadblocks that we had in our writing process? 100%. Okay. So I think the first thing that comes up that is keeping us from doing this is fear. Fear of, I'm not a good writer. Fear of, I don't have anything to say fear of how in the heck am I even going to get started? And all those things that you hear, all of those lies, that's the enemy trying to keep you from doing it. And yeah, sure. Like we, we could like hone our, hone our craft. We can figure out how to, you know, structure a book in, in a good way and everything like that. But the main fear is, I don't have anything to say. And then who in the world is ever going to read this? <laughs> mm -hmm. And so those, that fear mixed with insecurity, like who am I? Who am I to write a book? I'm, you know, 40 years old. I haven't done that much in my life. I am an okay mentor. That insecurity can also keep us from creating. I totally agree. I think also that, Sometimes the nature of the mentor, one who realizes that they want to have relationship on the ground level and really invest in the life of, of another, these are typically not the type of people that want to be spokespeople, right? Kind of out speaking to many people or, or teaching on such a large scale. So again, I think all the more reason why we would just kind of encourage those to say, oh, you're, you're doing such good work as you're investing in the life of another and you have remarkable things to say that other individuals and organizations could benefit from. So why not really give this some, some thought and understand that again, every step of the way in this process, you're going to think maybe I should just stop or maybe this isn't good, quite good enough. But that's why we want to be able to encourage you to say, you've got a lot of good things to say and you really should be investing in the idea of a resource in this way. I'll also say some of the roadblocks is 
the expense, you know, it's going to cost anywhere from two to $5,000 for a self-published book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But if you're a part of a mentoring organization, if that's going to help your mentors mentor better, then you have to ask yourself, is it worth it? Mm -hmm. If it helps advance the kingdom, I bet you could find someone who supports you to possibly underwrite that. So more roadblocks is I just don't have time. And that's true. All of us don't have time, but we're, we're going to give you some tips to kind of try to try to shrink this down into bite-sized chunks. That's right. So that you can manage creating in such a way that it's not overwhelming. Yeah. The process of a book, you know, there, there are lots of things to do and we are going to talk about that today as well. But the main thing is if you believe that you don't have anything to say, but there's this little tiny like piece of you that's like, eh, maybe I do. Then sit on that and ask the Lord to kind of shine a spotlight on that and just see what happens. So there's a saying that says that good readers make good writers. And it kind of makes sense. I think that anything that you are really interested in, you're going to be good at in that way. Or you have the better chance of if you read a lot of books, you kind of know what, what makes a good book. And so you take that knowledge into the process of writing as well. I would go so far as to say also, though, that some of us maybe aren't natural readers in that way. Now, Zach, you're a reader. Mm-hmm. You're, you don't have to make yourself read, or do you? Is that, is that kind of a... Um, you know, and now is it kind of a, just like a, a, you just naturally do it because you kind of spent that time investing in being a reader, or are you just kind of natural? My wife is a, is a natural reader, and I'm not, so what about you? Yeah, I would say that I had to learn how to become a reader, gotcha. and that's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> so you read often mm-hmm. and again you feel like you can i mean have you ever put a book down because a real published book because you thought i just don't like how this book is written yes okay that still happens yes people write bad books people write bad publishers books. publish like real legitimate publishers publish bad books yes they do. it does it happens mm-hmm. so i just think it's so interesting that you might be an incredible writer out there and you don't even know it because you don't maybe aren't a natural reader. Maybe you didn't have an English degree, right? And so you're kind of coming at this thing from a different way. Well, I think that's a really fresh way to kind of think about it and consider it to say, you still have great content and you can probably even deliver it in such a way that's informative and entertaining. It doesn't necessarily mean that you have to have a master's degree in language or in writing. Right. In fact, I think in some ways, just you speaking or you creating in such a way where it just feels natural, I think that is more attractive than someone who spent their whole life trying to learn how to write in such a way that it feels almost academic. But yeah, but I, so I, I do like to read. I do like to write. I try to write almost every morning, have so for the last probably 10 years. But... You know, anytime that you show your writings or anytime that you show anything that you create, whether it's a painting or anything, it's like the most terrifying thing that you've ever done. It's similar to someone seeing you naked. It's like, oh, I don't want that. Like, like this is weird and I'm, I'm ashamed and they're going to, it's not good. You're vulnerable. Super vulnerable. Yeah. And how, how I got to writing a book is this. I was having coffee with a guy. And he was, you know, at, at the time I was, I was probably 36 and he was 28 and he just published a book. And in my mind, I was like, man, someone publishing a book, that's like next level. Like that only superstars do that. And yet I'm sitting across from the table from 
this dude who, I mean, he's a great guy. He's sharp, but he didn't look like a guy who wrote a book Mm. and he didn't talk like one and he didn't sound like one. And I was just like, man, if this guy can write a book, (laughs) maybe I can. And that is what I've come to realize is I've met probably a dozen people who have books and all of them are just like me. Mm -hmm. All of them are insecure about what they have to write. No one knows if it's going to be good or not. And everyone's just taking a leap of faith. So I'm sitting there having coffee with this guy and I was like, you wrote a book? And he's like, yeah, man. And I was like, how did you do that? And he's like, well, I actually hired a ghostwriter. And I'm like, what is a ghostwriter? And he's like, well, I've got these podcasts. I've got these sermons. I've got things that I've done. And I just give it to this guy. And he creates a book out of it. And then together, we kind of shape it. And I was like, really? That's super interesting. Well, it turns out that I know the guy who is his ghostwriter. So I went to high school with his wife. So I called him up, said, hey man, my name is Zach Garza. Can the two of us have coffee? He said, yeah, sure. So we go out for coffee and we're just kind of, you know, hey, how's it going? Why don't you tell me about yourself? And then we started talking about writing. And he is a, at the time he was a pastor. Before that he was a lawyer and now he's a counselor. Kind of crazy. And he has two books out. I think now he has three, but I was like, how did you write a book? And he just kind of started talking about how he started to create a book. And I just said, yeah, man, I like to write. And he's like, really? And I said, yeah. And he said, well, can you send me some of your stuff? And I'm like, (gasps) (laughs) he wants to read my stuff. And I was like, yeah, man, of course. Yeah, sure. (laughs) And inside I'm just freaking out. So after our coffee, I go home and I'm sitting at my computer and I'm just staring at the screen for probably 15 minutes, just waiting to hit send because I'm so scared. And finally, I just sent him like two or three little like one page things that I had written. And he wrote me back within an hour. And he's like, dude, you need to write a book. You can do this. You have something inside you that people need to read. And that's how I got the confidence to write a book because I met someone who had done it. They gave me the confidence and then they introduced me to someone who told me that I had what it takes, I had something to say, and that I could do it. And so I think one thing that's so important in regards to gaining confidence and overcoming roadblocks is having a community of people to encourage you and to support you. Because anytime that you create, there's consistent doubts, right? Oh man, this is terrible. I don't know if I said this right, da 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 da. And a community can help you overcome those. So the second thing that we are, second thing that we're, we're going to focus in on today is how to overcome the roadblocks with confidence and a ton of confidence can come from community. And I'm sitting here today telling you that if you think that you have something to write, John and I are here to be that community for you. We are here to encourage you. 100%. If that's something that you want. Yeah. So my story of this resource kind of goes back to having spent for years feeling really inspired by scripture and also thinking about things that I get to mention during our skate camps of just being able to teach and and also wanting to kind of tell the story of how people had really blessed me throughout my entire life and helped me kind of grow in ministry. And I can tell you, this is what's cool. 
about my process was that you and I were sitting down eating tacos one mm, day. Always. As we do, as one does. And, and I believe I was talking to you about your process of writing. And this is what I always bring up to my friends who are authors is to say, man, I want to start asking a few questions, kind of finding out about how you worked your way through the process as this is, you know, again, I'm considering what's keeping me, what's keeping me. And you really helped show some helpful information in how you mentioned that a pastor would take content from sermons and that would be their chapter content. Because I would say one of the biggest roadblocks for me in my writing process was, you may or may not know this, but I'm a bit of a brainstorm thinker. I'm not really linear in how I process things. I Now, I value that because it served me well at times to be able to kind of have some creativity in my thought. However, sometimes it might lead those to say, hey, are we going to land this plane? Like, what, what, where are we going with this? And I say, I don't really know where we're going, but let's go together. But when you were able to share that a pastor was able to put together these sermons in such a way to make kind of a comprehensive book resource, I just thought that was gold. And when John says a pastor, I mean, Max Lucado. Yeah, that one. Yeah. So out of, out of college, I worked for Max Lucado's church. I was the junior high intern Mm -hmm. at Oak Hills Church in San Antonio. Max, if you hear this or if anyone who goes to Oak Hills hears this, please don't sue me. And so I'm a junior high intern hanging out with kids. And part of my job is to attend church. So I attended church and I got to hear Max Lucado preach. And Max is an incredible author and he is a very good communicator. But I would say that his sermons aren't like, they're not super powerful. They have, they have great information, but he, he's just a real like calm, soothing, he's a man of peace. He isn't going to be like, ah, oh, God, da, 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 you know? So I started to pick up that Max did his sermons through sermon series. And every sermon series was eight, eight weeks, 10 weeks, you know, and he'd, he'd have two to three sermon series a year. And then nine months later, a book with that exact same title would come out. And it just dawned on me. I'm like, oh my gosh, every sermon is a chapter. And that gave me the idea of, oh, so that's how he does it. Mm-hmm. He creates a sermon. He gives the sermon. He puts some more meat on those bones and that becomes a chapter. Well, that's kind of what we do with our podcast. So with my book, I think there's 10 chapters in every chapter before I wrote the book, I did an outline. That outline became a podcast. The podcast became a chapter. And then I just had to merge all of those chapters together in one book. And so I think there's a podcast with Max Lucado and Carrie Newhoff that talks about his process of how to create a book, oh, Nice, which is awesome. But that, that really did give me just a ton of confidence of like, oh, so like, that's how, that's how he did it. And that sounds pretty simple. I think I can do that too. Mm-hmm. I remember going away from that lunch together, thinking that very thing, saying, you know what? I know that one of my struggles is organization. So if I can begin to kind of eat this elephant one bite at a time, that way I can look at the overarching work and say, okay, if I had 10 to 12 chapters and within each chapter, I kind of just considered it maybe that sermon, you know, what if I consider it like a three point sermon so that the chapter kind of has a beginning, middle and end. And then also as the book goes, I'm thinking about that way as well, the process, the art, right? From, from beginning to end, kind of landing that plane and saying, okay, well, always keeping my eye on where I want to, where I want this thing to go, because that is kind of naturally a struggle that I have when I create content. I just found that to be so helpful and really kind of be something that got me through that roadblock. 
And I think for me, John, whenever we did the podcast series on Mephibosheth, mm-hmm. you said that perfectly. Thank you. I was thinking in the car yesterday, I was like, I think we, I think I should just call him Fib. Just Fib? So Fib, <laughs> like, hey man, do you think today's the day that we're going to talk about Fib? Yeah. So much easier than Mephibosheth, <laughs> but whatever. Whenever I heard you talk about Fib, I was like, oh my gosh, I have never, I've never heard this before. Mm. I, I've given my last 15 years to mentoring and Jesus, I read the Bible and I've never heard this story before. I've, I've just like, I have read first and second Samuel dozens of times Mm -hmm. and it has never stuck out to me, this story. And whenever you started talking about it and it was obvious that this is something that you've been talking about or thinking about or for, for years. Yes. Right. Mm -hmm. So how long have you been thinking about this story? Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll say this. This is what's interesting when people say, oh, John, you wrote a book. That's, man, that's really great. Well, you know, how did you find the time? And I think time is something that mm-hmm. we're going to go back to that's really important because I'm active and yeah, mm-hmm. and, it's, and it's a struggle. Kind of active. You know what I say, Zach? You <laughs> might think, well, why did John call himself active? Like he's out, he's not wearing, you know, like he's not wearing yoga pants or something over here. Okay. You know what I do? You know what I say? I, I should have said I'm busy, right? But dude, Instead of saying I'm busy, which means that life is happening to me, mm-hmm. I say I'm active, which shows me that I am happening to life, oh my right? That's a frame of mind thing, dude. And so I want to give our listeners that word to oh. say, let's stop saying that we're busy as if we're, we're victims of our own schedule. We're active. That, we're, we're going for it. What do you think? That's not your next book. Okay. <laughs> I'm not a bonobo. Okay. Speaker. So, but what let's I get to, back to the point here. Yes, what I wanted to say is that I got the sense of, you know what? I've been writing this book for years. Right. I've literally been writing this book for years. Have I been typing on my computer for that long? No, but I really knew what I wanted to, wanted to say. I knew what I was excited about. I knew that in conversation, this kept coming up. And so this was something that I wanted to be able to put on paper. And you didn't even know it. Right. So whenever I heard you talk about fib, I could tell that you've been thinking about this for years. Mm-hmm. And that's when I was like, bro, you got to write a book. Yeah. It's in you. You've just got to expand it out some. So... Number one, roadblocks. We have to get that fear out of here. Number two, confidence. Mm -hmm. Community, examples, but also what are the things that you talk about all the time? And what have you been talking about all the time for the last three, five, 10, 15 years? Mm -hmm. Like all I talk about is relationships change lives. All I talk about is you can't be what you can't see. All I talk about is generational curses, that can be turned around because of relationships. It's not good for man to be alone. All of us have like 10 things that we just talk about on a consistent basis. And I was like, oh my gosh, I could probably take those things that I've talked about and that I have, that's been on my mind for decades and I can somehow put it down on paper and maybe it helps one person. And here's, one more thing that can give you confidence. You don't have to sell a million books. You don't have to, don't, don't even worry about that. Just worry about, is God calling me? Has God put something on my heart? Is he calling me to share it? And am I being faithful? And that's what's so crazy. I was talking to one of my friends, Peter Lewis is his name. Peter wrote, he's written four books. And Peter said, I was telling him about a book that I wanted to write. And he's like, Zach, there comes a point where you have to ask yourself, should I write this book? Or are you asking yourself, am I being disobedient because God has called me to write this book? And I was like, oh man, 
like okay so now it now it's it's not a choice thing it's an obedience mm-hmm. thing and i'm like oh my gosh so with peter he's written a book called back to the gospel and a couple more but like his first book sold okay second book sold okay third book sold not so great but then he wrote this fourth book which is a 30-day devotional and it's sold like thousands of copies mm-hmm. and he's just like i just felt like god put something on my heart and i feel like i was being obedient to write it whether it produces fruit that's up to him and so i thought that that was super cool Man, i think that is great and so a word to the devotional as well because i think that's a great entry point for a lot of writers yeah. a lot of investors and teachers as well so i would encourage our, our listeners as well to think about this process that I got to take part in a few years ago with Middleman. And that was, I really wanted to be able to offer a devotional in Proverbs. So 31 chapters, 31 lessons, a passage from the chapter that I just felt like really stood out and something that I wanted to be able to really develop as an idea, just say, hey, you know what? This verse says this, and I think it's really impactful. And then finally, now this is what we can do based on that. And so we called it 31 Days of Wisdom. And we actually, I just spent some time writing this little resource, about 10 pages long. I sent it to a friend who's a graphic designer. He threw a PDF together with a really cool looking logo. And then we put that PDF up on our website and offered it as a free resource to teenagers or mentors, anybody that might want to do that in their youth group as well. So that was really my first endeavor in the art of public publication. And that was a real kind of fun process. And again, it involved a few friends and just something that said, you know, this has served me well. I think it could serve others. And that's a, that's another good way to get this process started. I'll also say this about how to create confidence to do this. I've had an opportunity to write some stuff. I've had an opportunity to speak, whether it's a sermon or, you know, public speaking. And this happens a lot. I'll create something and I'll be like, oh my gosh, this is so good. Like, I am going to crush this. <laughs> like, man, people's lives are going to be transformed because of what I just made. This sermon is the best sermon ever. And I prepare and, and I get up and I give the sermon and I crush it. Like, I could not have said the sermon better. Mm-hmm. And I'm expecting like everyone to be like, oh my gosh, life changed. Zach, thank you so much. I was going this way. And now because of your powerful words, my life is transformed. And I get done with the sermon and no one says anything. I just sit alone after the service and walk to my car and then sit in there and cry <laughs> because it doesn't feel like anyone got impacted. Mm-hmm. But I was so confident. I was like, this is good. Yeah. This is really good. On the flip side, I've had times whenever I'm just like fumbling through it. I'm just like, man, I am struggling to come up with anything. Lord Jesus, you have to show up because I have nothing. And I get up there and I, have a sermon that I have kind of prepared, but I'm like sweating because I'm like, man, this isn't going to go well. And then I give it. And then when I'm done, I'm freaking out because I'm like, that was bad. That was terrible. Mm-hmm. And then I have multiple, multiple people come up to me and say, man, that was exactly what I needed to hear. Thank you so much. That was incredible. Or I'll have someone come up to me weeks later and say, man, that sermon really impacted me. And the point of that story is this. We're pretty bad judges of our own material. So you might think it's good, but just because you think it's good doesn't mean that everyone else will. And you might think it's bad. And just because you think it's bad doesn't mean everyone else will as well. So this comes back to the just create and like, yeah, you have to put it out there and that's vulnerable and that's scary and there's tons of fear, but you just be faithful to create and see what the Lord does because his ways are not our ways. So okay. that should give you confidence. 
And again, just shows that every step of the way, community really matters in this process, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Because we are such bad judges of our own content sometimes, and we are kind of so self-defeating at times. But whenever we can kind of go to others and they maybe even just say, hey, can you take a look at this? Or what do you think about this idea? That is really where the gold is as well, where people can say, hey, you know what? You got some good stuff here. Keep going with that. Okay, so we talked about roadblocks. We talked about confidence. Let's talk about the writing process. Here we go. You want, okay, so again, Zach, you're, you're a very active guy when you're writing, you can mentor. How did you, how did you find the time? Can you tell us maybe just how did, you, how did you schedule time to be able to put pen to paper? Yeah, so I, you know, I was fortunate. I was able to take, well, first off, the, the process started with making an outline. And I mean, that's not mm-hmm. hard. That might take an hour, maybe. Create the outline. Then I turn that outline into a podcast. And even if you don't have a podcast, you can still invite a friend to have a conversation with you about what you wrote down on that outline. Because this is always what happens. You write down 10 things on the outline, but then whenever you start to talk about it, that those 10 things turn into 14 things. Someone once told me this, you can, someone can have a hard time writing, but no one's ever had a hard time talking. So when you start to talk it out, more stuff that you don't even know is inside you starts to come out. So outline conversation that for me, it was podcast. Then I went back and I listened to it and I added some more meat onto the outline. And then I had, you know, every chapter has like nine points that you would care to talk about. And then you just turn those points into paragraphs, toss in a couple stories, have an intro point, story, point, story, point, 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 story, then finish it up. And that is how I created a chapter. Yeah. So, you know, outline takes an hour, podcast or discussion takes an hour, recapping that podcast or discussion, that takes an hour, and then actually creating it. You know, I set aside two to three hours a day for a couple of weeks, and I'm fortunate enough to have a job where I can do that. Mm-hmm. And that's how I created chapters. Was there an optimal time during the day? Are you kind of a get up and write in the morning? I have to do it in the morning okay. time. So if I don't do it in the morning time, I, I'm done. So I get progressively more unproductive throughout the day. Mm. So, so like if I, so my ideal hours are from like 6 a.m. To, to lunch. So I have to guard those times. I'm not setting any meetings. I'm not going to go work out. Those times are... It's for Jesus and writing because that's when I'm at my sharpest. Oh, that's awesome. For me, the process really was kind of just being throughout the day, doing all the tasks, being with all the people, and just kind of thinking about and contemplating what I was going to write later that night. And so my process involved kind of doing all the parenting, you know, after work and getting everybody tended to, getting everybody in their places. And then my house was quiet. So I would go and just take the laptop at at the dining room table and just kind of spend that hour or two writing. And I found that for me too, I just kind of felt a sense of accomplishment when I would look down at the bottom left of the document and see how many words I had put out. Okay, now we're gonna talk about maybe that process of, of you know, when you put, how much you put out there. I knew that I wasn't putting a thousand quality words on the page, but to get that type of, that amount per evening just felt really good. So one piece of advice that a friend who has books told me is don't ever read your work. Mm -hmm. Just create. Don't go back. Because if you go back, then you'll start to get kind of paralyzed with, oh my gosh, 
I said this and I should have said that. I told this story and I should have told that story. No, just just write mm-hmm. and then give it to someone else and let them edit it. So you don't ever read your your work until someone else has read it and given you suggestions. And then together, y'all work on it. Because, kind of like what I said, we are terrible judges of our own stuff. And you'll just get paralyzed with, oh my gosh, I... I didn't do this right. This isn't good. Da, 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 da. So just write. No kidding. During that rough draft phase, you're not, you're not sculpting the intricate no. parts. What you're doing is you're throwing as much material right up, up, up on that pedestal as possible that you're going to later go and shape. I think my, one of my books, it was 90,000 words. And whenever it was all done, it was 35,000 words. Goodness. So like two thirds of the book yeah. they cut out. And I was like, oh my gosh, that hurts. But... <laughs> An editor, a good editor, and we will talk about this next, but finding a good editor who gets you, who, who understands how you write, understands how you work, what's important to you, that's essential. No kidding. It's almost like, uh, this is what I love about it, is it, it takes a team. Mm-hmm. It takes you, it takes your friends or your spouse reading it and giving you ideas and feedback. It takes an editor. Like, it's 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 almost like the process forces you to rely on other people, which I think is the Lord. He loves it when we work together and when you create opportunities for people to use their skills. So that's great. No kidding. I can remember when I had completed a rough draft of the first chapter, that was really kind of what I wanted to take to a few people that I knew that I trusted that had also written as well. Yeah, which was not me. Well, that's right. Yeah, because you, you, were, you didn't give it to me and I'm I was hurt. I'm talking B team now. I'm not talking A team just yet. You know what I mean? I took it to no, the... No, you aren't coming back from this. <laughs> I'm still hurt. So that was also very much a confidence builder when someone can say, yes, you, you have something here. Don't stop this process of what you're doing. But absolutely, we're going to say this time and time again, which we already have. It's all about community. Next, next week, next podcast, we're going to talk to who? We're going to talk to our friend over at Tall Pine Publishing. And his name is Nick Poe. And he is a great guy. He is a great guy. <laughs> hey. Boy, howdy. So he will really help shine light on his experiences. So I think that that's going to be a great podcast. Yeah. And really, we're not going to get into it a lot with publishing, but I will say this, that for me, one of my fears was this publishing process is going to be so long. It is going to be so expensive and I could really just kind of lose my way within it. This is what was beneficial when I got to start having conversations with Nick was man, he just kind of laid all my fears to rest and kind of showed me, no, actually, it's a lot simpler than you think. And so that's what I'm excited about him being able to share next time that we get to talk to him. So as we, as we wrap up, I think the main things that we want you to walk away with is just this. If you have something in your heart that you can't stop thinking about, if you kind of say the same things over and over and over and you give the same sermons over and over and over and you just find yourself talking about the same things, and you have been for the last, you know, seasons, maybe you've got something in you that more people need to read or need to experience. Don't worry about the fruit. Just, is God calling you to do it? And if it changes one person's perspective, if it impacts one person, and that one person can impact others, I think it's worth it. Don't believe the lies that you don't have anything to to share. Don't believe the lies that, you know, you're not a good writer or you're not this or you're not that, but just go to the Lord and see what he says about it. 
I think that is my main encouragement. The enemy wants to fill you with fear and insecurity, but the Lord guides you in whatever way you should go. Amen. Listen, we have been created by a creative creator who allows us to take part in that process, right? So, so to add our creativity to making things and to putting things out there for others. And so as we finish today, we think about these three keys to success from taking this idea that you may have to having an actual book in your hand. Number one, talk about your ideas with your friends and your colleagues. Make it a point to discuss these ideas and develop them in community in that way. Number two, write and then write and then go and write some more. Do not stop the process of writing on your laptop, in your notebook, just put words to the page. You'll find even that is a really encouraging thing to do as you spend that time putting content down. As Zach says, it's easier to remove than to add. And so invest that time into what it takes, whether you're a morning writer, whether you're an evening writer or throughout the day, you may be able to spend 15 minutes here and there, or you may be able to put a a chunk of three hours on the schedule, but find the time to do it and just keep writing. You'll find that you're actually becoming, it'll just become even more natural throughout the process. And I know for me, like with my cell phone and notes, anytime that I have a creative idea, I have a page on my notes on my iPhone and I just go in there and, oh man, I have to capture Mm -hmm. this so I don't forget. There's an email that I subscribe to by a guy named James Clear. And he says this, with the creative process, the key is to create a lot and edit a lot. Make more than you need, then remove everything that isn't exceptional. Mm -hmm. Man, that's wise. And finally, you know what? Go the distance. All right. Speaking about a little field of dreams there, go the distance. You're so old. I know, but I'm, I got it. I mean, somebody out there is thinking, you know what? That's one of my favorite movies as well. Man, I'm so active. Just <laughs> watching Field of Dreams in my yoga pants. Hey, Dad, want to have a catch? <laughs> oh my goodness. That's the moment. No one knows what you're talking about. Well, listen, Field of Dreams, a certain actor by the name of Kevin Costner. Who? Excuse me. Go the distance, folks. Shape rewrite, find readers, find these friends that will sit down with your manuscript and read your book and edit and find a good editor that you trust, who knows your voice and who values what, where, where you're going with this resource. Do all that it takes to make this happen, you guys, because just as, as Zach mentioned, this may be a matter of obedience, more so than just your, your neat ideas. This may be what God is, is having you do. And this podcast is called You Can Mentor. And yes, we do believe, believe that relationships change lives. But you can also mentor through creating, through giving resources and things like that. And so I, I just want to encourage you to think about the process and to see if it's for you. Fair enough. Boy, howdy. Boy, howdy. All right, you can mentor, you can write, you can do it. Holler at John and I, we really don't have anything else to do. I mean, we are lonely and we are just staring at our inboxes all day. Just, is someone going to email us? Zach, Z-A-C-H, at youcanmentor.com. John, J-O-H-N, at youcanmentor.com. You can even call us. Like, I I, I like talking on the phone. Yeah. John likes talking on the phone. You can come to Waco, Texas, and we'll buy you tacos. We'll go to Waco Taco yes. on 18th Street. And we'll eat some tacos. Oh my goodness. It'll be delicious. That would be awesome. So It would make my heart so happy if someone takes us up on that. All right. You can mentor. You can write. Share it with a friend. Holler at us. See you next week. Boy, howdy. Boy, howdy.